Are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? I have. And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 342, a.k.a. Year 7, Week 40, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC and KS. And since we do the show uh, as a, as a, uh, on Clubhouse, join the club, find us, the Anarchist Experience. That's where we do this thing live. Uh, or find me, and I will hit the button when we go live, and you'll get the little notification at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, number four, R-I-C-H. What is going on with you guys this week? Oh, watching chaos unfold on the media like always. Always good times. So this week, the, the, it, it happened late in the news cycle, um, and there, it was a pretty slow week until, until that fateful day that anti-gun activist Alec Baldwin shot and killed someone on set and injured another. I was oh, no. Direct, the, 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 uh, the movie director for the movie Rust is injured, and the director of cinematography, is that her title? I forget, um, was fatally wounded. And sure enough, he's complying and, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, doesn't look like, it doesn't look like ch- uh, charges will be filed criminally. Um, but as a producer on the film, he's like facing some financial hardship through some civil trials, potentially. At least that's what I've gleaned so far. Like the, new, the, the news is basically still unfolding. Like every, every few hours, there's another angle, another story picked up about it. So what do you guys yeah. think is well, going the, on or what's the, what's the angle here, if there is one? Yeah. Hmm. It was the Clintons. Well, you made oh. an interesting point, though, about the fact that he's an anti-gun activist. I wonder how. Um, I'm sure he'll uh, see this as as uh, support of you know further uh, support about how dangerous guns are. So he'll, he'll use it that way. Yep, that is possible. And they are dangerous. Absolutely. That's where, that's why you get trained. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a different angle, and that is that everybody should be trained with firearms and uh, people that are working with firearms on a set should be trained a little bit differently um, because there's more risk because they're pointing guns at other people. Right. And okay. So this is, this is the weird thing for me, right? Because there's a lot of pro gun people um, and like, you know, the second amendment community going like, why was a gun being pointed on set? <laughs> right. I, and you know, I'm I I consider myself one of them for the most part. Like I'm I'm I got my toes in that community, you know, ever so lightly in there. I don't agree with them 100, percent but I'm with them on a lot of things. Um, and I go like, because that's what you do in a movie, right? Like I don't I don't know how you can I don't know how you can film a scene in a movie, right? And that that you know that's firearms related, and then go like, no, you can't point that at people, right? Like has nobody seen the Deer Hunter? Is that too old of a reference at this point? Well, I'm kind of curious. Um, I mean, I suppose 
do they on the sets use live ammunition? I mean, because it's certainly more realistic if you're filming uh, a shooting scene and it looks like you're you're hitting all around uh, some target uh, as opposed to, you know, some little cap that's uh, set to go off when... Um, yeah, I'm sure they right. do sometimes. Right. So what I have gleaned is there are certain circumstances where live ammunition is used. Um, but in those particular circumstances, right, extra safety is taken. The gun is not pointed at anybody, right? They, they, they've got like dummy targets set up to, to you know, to, to catch the round as it, as it, you know, catch the projectile as it's fired. And this wasn't one of those cases, Right. And so from, you know, from, from some of the news articles that I went out, like much like a gun range, there's a hot range and a cold range and on set, there's like a hot set and a cold set and a hot gun and a cold gun. And they use that similar terminology, right? And allegedly, right? Cause I wasn't there when he was handed the firearm, he was told by the person responsible for knowing this stuff that this is a cold gun meaning that there was no live, you know, rounds in the firearm. Dummy rounds, maybe, right? Blanks, maybe, but not not active ammunition, not real ammunition. And I think my impulse would be, thank you very much for informing that I'll still look for myself. <laughs> right. And that's... That was kind of my point. <laughs> I, I hear you, but it's, you know, it's a prop, Right. If you know, for any other, if they hand you a knife on set, are you gonna like? Are you gonna check to see if it's sharp? Are you gonna, you know, how much how much inspection do you actually do? You're on set to do a job, right? Prop handling is not your job. Like you focus on what you do. We've got a guy for that, you know. Well, and that's why I said maybe every. I'm not talking about just actors. Maybe everybody should be trained, yeah, how to handle a firearm, and so everybody can call everybody else out when they screw up. Yeah, and then if if you're an actor or actress, um, and you're going to handle a firearm, then you should have extra training on how to make sure that they cannot hurt anybody once they hand it to you. Right. And now it, that might be a little bit unreasonable, um, because that's you know thousands of you know millions of man hours maybe, uh, you know, training all the actresses and actresses or actors that will ever hold a gun, um, but they're the ones that care about you know, guns being dangerous the most. So I think it's hypocritical if they don't get the training and they're going to touch a gun. Yeah. And just, just to be clear, I don't know, you know, you're talking about thousands of hours across multiple actors and actresses. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a firearms instructor. Like that's my secondary career that I'm working on. So I, I do that training myself or I'm qualified to do that training myself now. And I've assisted a few classes. Um, the, you know the the bare minimum class to get this sort of training uh can be done in like six hours right sure but like, i have a a proposition for you to uh make money make make a a, a class that, uh, specifically made for actors and actresses just to be able to clear a firearm and verify that there's no live ammo in it yeah I mean, that, and that we do we do that part of it. You know, there's more to the you know the 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 entry level class than that. But yeah, you could do that. That's like you know two hours, maybe two three hours. Get some yeah. range time as well. Just here's what you don't need to know all the intricacies, the ins and outs. You know everything else terminology. Just here's how you do it, mm -hmm. and then go practice. 
So if that, you know, I'm, I'm, they spend more time in the makeup chair than that. Right. Right. So I don't, I don't think that giving that sort of training is unreasonable. Um, I might balk at making training for every, you know, every person mandatory. Like that's not, that's not my bag either, but I would not balk at holding people responsible for their actions right like he pointed the the gun at somebody and pulled the trigger now if he goes like well i wasn't trained in firearms i go well sounds like a you problem then right like you if you're if you're not trained in this why are you holding it right it seems like even if they say oh it's a prop gun even blanks can be hazardous right i mean they they still shoot a uh, even though they don't have a uh, a bullet in it they still have um the explosive um, charge and there's um, some effect in front of the gun from right from a blank right a lot of a lot of that effect is hot gas that can definitely do damage at close range um, much like a, a shotgun some blanks have a wad like which is just you know uh, like you know I don't know how to describe it just it's just a wad of like you know cotton or or um, material of some kind right that for a shotgun, it's used to hold the the pressure so it doesn't escape beyond the BBs. So they so some some blanks have like that wad that also will fly out. But it, you know, it's not it's not. I don't want to say it's deadly upon impact. Like the wad's not going to do much damage um, at range. At close range, sure, you, you know, you're going to get hit with it. You're going to get burned by it. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's a company that does um like plastic bullets for uh, plastic bullets and low velocity ammunition for force on force training like you know you you put on face gear and headgear and you know padded clothes or whatever but you you can get shot by these things and the risk is up to you whether or not that's some train that's that's training you want to do but it is available and it's again it's just it's it's going to sting like you know airsoft stuff Somewhere between airsoft and live ammunition is this force-on-force training application. But yeah, people, you know, people go airsoft and part of the game, you, you got to point the gun to somebody and you got to pull the trigger. You got to hit them. So I'm, that's, that's kind of why I'm, I'm up in the air about this particular incident. Because if he wasn't such an anti-gun douchebag, right, I'd probably be more sympathetic, right? Like you're on set, you're doing a job, you know, prop guy, you're like ready to do the scene. I, this is just an example because apparently they were just like rehearsing. They were cameras weren't even rolling yet. So, you know, you stand there, you're like, okay, so I'm doing the thing. I pull the gun out and, I, you know, cock it and you, you pull the trigger because you want repetition while you're, you know, while you're rehearsing to make it look authentic on screen. And there's a live round in there and bang, someone dies. Right. Like I would be, I would be sympathetic to that possibly because you don't expect it. Right. Like I have, um, for, for, for my, you know, new coming career, I purchased a handful of like laser pistols and they have the same shape, feel weight as a normal pistol. Um, but it's painted red. So you know that it's a training pistol, right? Like I know that this is a a laser pistol. Um, one of the, you know, but if you were to take a normal pistol and paint the top red, right? And make it look like the training pistol. Who knows? Right. You go like, okay, we're going to do training. 
like I know, you know, I can look at it and, I, and there's other features to it as well, but you get what I'm saying. You know, the, the prop guns are made to look like real guns, whether or not they, they would be carrying live ammunition or whether or not they would be um, just gutted and have no firing mechanism in there. They look like the real thing because authenticity in movies. And so if the prop guy hands you, you know, if, if I were to paint my training pistol like a real gun, right, and just said, all right, you know, function, make it function, you, you couldn't. You'd be like, why the hell isn't this thing, you know, why can't they rack the slide and all this other stuff because it doesn't function right. But with a revolver, which is, you know, they showed a picture of what they were likely using, single action revolver, um, all the mechanics looked the same. Like it's hard, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where you, that was obviously a training firearm or, you know, or a cold firearm. Like, how could you know? How could you know without actually being the guy who loaded it yourself, right? And inspected all the ammunition that you were going to put in there and inspected the gun and function tested the gun and did everything yourself as the actor, right? Not as the prop guy, not as the stagehand, not as, you know, not as the whoever else runs that thing, not as the union member done for that, but now actors, right? Not only do they have to, you know, memorize the lines and hit their marks and get their cues and all that rehearsal, but. Well, I'd say apparently, yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Right. I just, I'm torn. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't. That is definitely a safer way to do it. I don't know how reasonable that sounds, right? Like I've seen video, you know, Keanu Reeves is the big one for all the John Wick movies. He is very well trained for those movies. Like all the extra, all the extra time he spent to get, you yeah, know. So I think maybe we can ask Keanu uh, if, if he thinks it's reasonable to inspect his own weapons or props uh, before pulling the trigger. And he might. He actually might. Definitely, definitely. But to, but to extend that to like all actors in all movies? Why not? I, I, don't, I, I don't, I mean, yes. That, and that's where I say at the beginning. Maybe it's unreasonable because the, the cost is, you know, if you look at it, that the whole industry is yeah. astronomical. But at the same time. On an individual, those, it's negligible for millionaires. Mo- most of those individuals are the ones that are worried about guns being dangerous. And so if you're somebody who's worried about guns being dangerous, it's, it would be hypocritical to not get the training if you're going to touch one. Otherwise be, be a, you know, an outstanding uh, uh, anti-gun activist and don't make movies with guns. Okay. Them, you know, you know, and when they say pull out your gun, you pull out a, a, a plastic thing that, you know, it's shaped like, you know, <laughs> a toy in <laughs> its yeah. fluorescent colors. And just pull that out and be like, and, and if your acting is really good, hey, people will still watch it. Have some flowers. <laughs> so, and that was, that was another point that was made, right? The, we, have, we have progressed to a stage with uh, technology where you don't even need to have uh, real guns or even working prop guns, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can add that later in post, well, it was low budget, so it, it could be, but you know, for for low budget movies, it would probably look low budget. For high budget movies, it would probably look high budget. Um, one of the you know one of the complaints that I've heard from, like I'm going to say, gun tubers, right, is like how learning about guns ruins movies for you because you find all the things that don't <laughs> go right, 
right? Like they fire the AR and the, the fucking bullet, the, you know, the, the spent casings are flying out, uh, but the dust cover's not even open. Like, come on, man. It <laughs> fucking takes me out of the movie. I go, does it really? I mean, can you not? <laughs> suspend or, disbelief a little can bit. We, yeah, can we not suspend disbelief a little bit for, you know, for, for the theatrics and the entertainment value? Right? Yeah, so, because so, all the movies that defy physics, you know. Right. I watched like, a dude fly, you know. <laughs> I suspended my disbelief. I, I can pretend, you know, like the dust cover on an AR-15 is open in a movie scene. Um, I can Ironically, I kind of remember like when I was in high school, there was uh, there was a Hulk Hogan movie or TV show. I think it was a movie, but it was a made for TV movie. And it was like the first time where the guns that was being fired, like looked like trash. Right. The, the, the sound didn't sound like all the other action movies. You know, the 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 um, the blast didn't look as cool as all the other movies. And I know oh, cheap, cheap TV movie. And I might have been taken out of it then. Um so maybe, you know, so, so maybe, but you know, uh, and if they actually used real, real gun sounds, it probably wouldn't sound as cool. That is yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah oh, okay. Yeah, what, what movie did I watch recently? Oh, I forget. It was, oh man, a uh, gunpowder milkshake or something like that. Have you seen this thing? Oh, wow. Uh, is that the new, what's his name? No, it's all chicks. No, oh, okay. It's like a, it's like a John Wick okay, for ha- chicks. Yeah, I have seen some of it. I just don't remember it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's it's a cool like you know Saturday afternoon action flick. Like I'm not, I wasn't blown away by it, but it was enjoyable enough for me. Um, but same thing, right? You know, they they pull the trigger and the you know the forty five you know cannon whatever, and like no recoil. Oh, I go, oh shit. <laughs> Good luck with that, right? And am I taken out of it? Yeah, maybe ever so slightly, but do I care? No, because it's, you know, still, there's more to it than just that. So when the suggestion is made, um, maybe, maybe gunshots happen in post, right? I go, yeah, okay, whatever. There's other special effects, right? Star Wars people are all pissed off when Yoda was CGI instead of a puppet. And I go, all right, whatever. It's, still looks cool to me, man. Can you, it, it wasn't a real thing to begin with. So whether it's a puppet or CGI, figure it out they're not shooting real guns to begin with you know so whether it's whether it's a a blank round you know or cgi effects after the fact like who cares um one i I've, it's it's weird that other people have seen this movie and that we've talked about it but have either of you guys seen like the velocipaster i don't expect no, you to have chance okay no. <laughs> no don't even worry about it uh but it was so low budget that there was like a scene in the movie where a car was supposed to explode, right? But there's no budget to make a car explode. So there's a hand-drawn picture, right? And it basically just says, this is where the car explodes. And then you have to pretend like that's what happened in the movie. Because they weren't going to do it. You know, they, they weren't going to blow up a car. They weren't going to blow up a CGI car. There's just no budget for it. So like one screen, this is the part where the car explodes. And you just suspend your disbelief and you pretend like that's what happened, Right. Have you seen the movie Spice World? Like, this is old stuff. I don't recall that. No. Okay. It's the Spice Girls movie. How about you, MC? Up your alley? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. So, similar idea. There's a, there's a point in the Spice, Spice World movie where they jump the tour bus, right? But there's no budget to jump the tour bus. 
So they pan out and it's like a model and you suspend your disbelief and the fucking like little, it looks like a model. You know, you can tell it's a model. No, no extra effort was put into like making you believe that this was anything other than a model, you know, like a little toy truck jumping, you know, a toy bus jumping the gulch or whatever they were jumping at the time. And it's like one quick scene. You go, huh, that was cute. And then you move on. Right. Cause it's not, it's not, it's not important to the overall picture. So, okay, fine. You know, take the guns off the movie sets. Then you don't, then they don't need training, right? Cause they're not even going to pull the trigger. It's just, it's a black piece of rubber, right? It's a black piece of rubber. No big deal. You point it and then we'll fix the rest in post. Like say your point, point the black piece of rubber and say your lines. And that's the end of that. Would that work? Or would they, sure. would you be too taken out of the movie? If, if you saw that. I'm honestly, I'm not overly concerned about any of it. Okay. And even the death as tragic as it was um it's rare and it's happened before and yeah, yeah. and it was a like long time on. ago that it happened yeah. the last time it was big in the news yeah right more stunt people have died in the interim right oh, yeah. than, <laughs> than people getting accidentally shot on set now is that just is that chalked up to the you know stuntmen know the risk and so it's okay when when stunt people pass away through tragedy and accident well, i mean i think it's okay when anybody passes away i mean we're we're mortal so understood but you you know you see the point i'm trying to get at right like people there there have been multiple deaths on movie scenes um that weren't gun related right sure, that don't sure. receive this type of press because yeah, of, i think that i think you already pointed it out the main reason why it's getting pointed out is because um he was an anti-gun nut and he yeah. killed somebody and the other, the, I guess the other uh, angle I could get your guys' opinion on is the the pro-gun people, right, are taking to the memes and, like, really hammering Alec Baldwin for this. And do you think that, as tragic as it is, that that activity takes away from the tragedy and the innocent life that was lost, right? Like, should more focus be put on her having you know been killed versus him being the anti-gun guy right like say her um, name kind of a thing i i don't know i don't know what that would help either okay i don't think it would um i think it's uh you don't think that all the all the all the attacks on alec baldwin is no a I, modicum I think of disrespect towards the the it's victim? it's automatically going it's automatically politicized because of the subject that that shot and um, I don't think adding more focus to the other person will make that any better, you know? Okay. KS? Um, I'm, I'm, uh, have no, no opinion about it, yeah. Okay. So, as tragic as it is, you know, there are, you know, they're, they're already coming up with solutions. I like the idea, I'm always going to like the idea of training. Just makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, and, and it's good for your industry <laughs> yeah well, that's what i'm you, saying you should you should move to california <laughs> sign up i'll teach the, all the all the rich actors how to uh, uh, appropriately handle a firearm yeah but then i gotta fucking live in california man and it's yeah. still not worth it and and you'd have to get their license and <laughs> and that's that's the beauty about being here in new hampshire is i don't have to and i don't right, right? like it's unnecessary here it's unnecessary here, and because it's unnecessary here, um, training is voluntary here. 
and you know, there's concern like, okay, well, if training is voluntary, people aren't going to get trained. And you could, you know, you could, you could run into somebody carrying a firearm who's untrained. I go, yeah, good thing you're trained. Probably right. means you're a better <laughs> shot, right? You know, like. Right. So there's a there's a libertarian angle to this in that when you say they should get training, okay, there's two ways to approach that. One is that. Um, um, the government is going to mandate everybody gets training, okay? By you know, and then they have all these like kinds of rules. Like they do in almost all the other states. Thing. They probably actually do have rules in place about um, it right now, and it depends on the state too. Uh, but another approach to this might be that uh, insurance companies, if they're um, going to be more liable for a death like this, um, would certainly impose these kinds of restrictions on any kind of uh, filming project. And then anyone signing in onto this um, this film project uh, has to agree to these uh, terms. They might have even had her sign a waiver of liability, saying, "Well, if I get shot on this set, you know," and, and she'd sign, thinking oh, that'll never happen. Um, but of course, an incident like this causes a lot more people to be uh, nervous and, con- and concerned. And insurance companies and finance companies that are going to be backing film projects. Even investors, uh, if they're going to be held liable for what happens on the set, um, all promote a, a very, very cautious attitude. Of course, they were going to require a lot more training if they're going to be held responsible for con- for the consequence of these things. Yeah. So you don't need a government setting up the rule. You need um, just personal accountability and responsibility um, enforced. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I like it here where there's no government rule that mandates it. Um, but I also like the people who voluntarily come to the classes, right, t- to be safe for themselves, for people around them. Um, you know, d- depending on why you purchase the firearm, right, a lot of people like self-defense. Well, you got to know how to use it. And if you don't want it used against you, you got to know how to use it, you know, safely and effectively against your target. So best way to do that is to get training. And if you, do, if you forego you the training. that they're motivated to get your training, though, because they know that they can be held accountable for misuse of that weapon. Um, I don't know if that factors in. I don't. Th- I don't know if liability factors in. I think. I think the damage from a firearm is enough for most people to go like, I should probably learn how to use this, right? Like, I do not want to shoot myself ever, ever. Like, I don't understand people who do dumb shit with that. Um, and I think most people feel that way. You know. To, to get it in your hands and you go like this can take a life very easily and accidentally. Right. But I wouldn't mandate it just, you know, like I wouldn't mandate driver's license either. Right. You get, be, you get behind the wheel, you take responsibility. You either can or can't. And if you can't go learn and then come back when you've, when you've trained. I'm guessing that an insurance company uh, would want to see a license um, or training, you know, on your, your driving or something like that, competence in driving before they'll insure your car. Yep, they and probably the would. company that, the bank that maybe gives the loan for, it wants to see that you've got the insurance coverage and the license and all. So there, there are market uh, incentives for uh, getting the precautions. Yeah, but as an unlicensed individual, like, screw them. I know I can drive, right? It makes things more difficult for me. Luckily, in New Hampshire, the insurance part, isn't mandatory, so I wouldn't have to get that. But it also means that I basically have to like pay cash from a private seller if I want to, you know, purchase a a, a vehicle. 
Right. And you say, well, I know how to drive. I mean, that's true, but there are circumstances, like, for example, uh, ice on the road that you get up there in New Hampshire. Yep. Um, you can be a competent driver um, and uh, still be surprised by some uh, environmental circumstances or I, I don't know. I, I, I imagine the, the world of car accidents is filled with lots of very unexpected events. And a lots um, of licensed drivers. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, sure. I'm sure like 95% of all accidents involve licensed drivers. Mm-hmm. Does that mean so, I have to wait until the winter time to take my driving test? Because if I take the driving test in the summer, then they, there's no snow test, right? No, I mean, you're right. But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if... Um, in, if the, um, what the criteria is, uh, I mean, okay, if there's an accident, I mean, you, you don't have insurance. If you don't have insurance, uh, then the compensation that you can provide to a victim is um, perhaps not there. Maybe you don't have the ability to provide the compensation to a victim. Whereas if you have insurance, then I'm guessing you have a greater capacity to provide compensation to the victim, you know, to, for hospital injuries and or death or, or whatever. Understood. And so, yeah. Now, if they were to insure me without having this state identification card, right, would I not be more likely to purchase that product? Yeah, it's hard to know how it would be because a lot of the way, the way a lot of states operate is that you've got to accept our way of, of, of uh, criteria before you can even sell insurance in the state. So a lot of times they just get in the way of, of varieties of, of insurance that could be available. Yep. You know, they might say, well, your condition for selling any insurance in the state has to be that you have to accept a, you have to see a driver's license before you can even offer insurance. So yeah, the government's intervened in every step of the way. So at one point in time I had a, uh, I had my moped and I wanted to insure the moped against theft because of where I was parking it. And I lost the key and I wasn't sure who had the key. So I had like, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. I changed the locks. Um, I, I think I rekeyed the ignition, I think at one point, and I put an alarm on it. And I was like, well, I should probably get some insurance. Well, in the state of Hawaii, where I was doing this, they won't insure a moped. You have to insure it as a motorcycle, which requires a motorcycle license, which is not necessary to ride a moped. Hmm. And how am I going to go get a motorcycle license, you know, when I don't even have a driver's license just to insure, you know, a $1,500 moped against theft? I wanted to purchase. I had means. No one would sell it to me. Would this be um, uh, appropriate to, since you mentioned why I was trying to, uh, there was an issue that came up this, this week that I thought you might be interested in. I don't know if you heard about it, but it was a, 10-year-old girl at school who had drawn a picture with the help and assistance of several of her friends, uh, somehow depicting a, a bully at the school or someone who had bullied her. Yeah. And uh, had you heard about this one? I'm going to say KS stands for King Segway because I'm looking at the article right now. I do have that as show prep. We can transition into that if you like. Um, uh, yeah, like, I find it uh, interesting because it also related to a headline that you had um, a topic uh, on if it's appropriate, yeah, I'd just like to comment on that. And sure. The, the, apparently, the girl got arrested uh, by the police. I mean, they were they were questioned. They didn't notify her mother. They um, this is well, um, government school, I suppose, and um, they um, didn't notify the mother. 
when they um, they handcuffed her in front of her friends and peers and all that, and they eventually took her down to the to the jail, and they finally allowed her mother to to come and see her. I mean, all, uh, all over a picture that was uh, that was drawn at the school, uh, interrogation, everything. I, I thought it was rather a bizarre circumstance, and I would like to think it was extraordinarily out of normal, but I suppose suppose that this sort of thing happens a lot more than than one would think. I remember when they were when I was living up in Alaska, um, anyone who they said misbehaved in the classroom, which could be very uh, subjective, just depending on how what the mood of a, of a teacher was at the time. Uh, any kid who wasn't obeying, or maybe he had a uh, um, this is before they had cell phones, but you know if he had um, some kind of device or uh, playing in some way, you know, at any rate, they'd put him into what was called in-house suspension, which was really a closet underneath the stairway. I have been on in-house suspension in really? elementary school. Yeah, I think the. the I the, think what, I got away with it that. too. Instead of sending them home, they said, "Well, if we lo- if he goes home, then somehow we lose our our fund our funding uh, for one less body on campus." So they kept him there. And kept him in in a, a closet, um, you know. And kids could be confined there for the whole day, endlessly for any kind of misbehavior, which is just out of what they consider the norm. And you said you experienced this too. I think the statute of limitation is up on this. So I, yeah. So I got. I I don't know what I did to lead to the in-house suspension. Might have been fighting. Um, I didn't get into a lot of fights, but I did like palm a dude in the face once, and that might have been it. But I think I got away with it because I got in-house suspended but I didn't get grounded at home. So I don't think they actually made the phone call to my dad because I didn't, you know, nothing came of it. Like I didn't mention that I was suspended when I, when he he dropped me off at school, I went to go be suspended for a couple of days and then that was the end of it. Um, but the, the in-house suspension was like me sitting in, you know, I I don't want to call it the supply closet, but it was, you know, the, the room of supplies in like near the principal's office right away from the students and my lessons, my, my classwork was brought to me and then I did it and then I turned it back in. Um, <laughs> here's the part where I'm glad the statute of limitations is up. Th- this room was also where they had like the prizes for, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the sell as many tickets as you can type of, I don't want to call it the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had all the fundraiser prizes in this room <laughs> So did you walk off with some of the prizes? Yeah, I walked off with like one of every prize. Because <laughs> no one checked my backpack. I just, you know, well, like I don't even have to sell the fundraiser tickets. To, to confine you in the room that carries all this valuable stuff. I mean, actually, you would think they would look, well, are there any guns in here? Are there any knives? Or any, is there a, an open window that you could crawl out? Or, I mean. Yeah, no. Like they they dropped they they dropped off my work and then went to go do what they got paid to do not to babysit me so you know oh, I think toward the end of the toward the end of the day some prizes went into the backpack and I go oh, well they didn't check this today so the next day the rest of them went in off I went with <laughs> toys well good for you and then so I got in house suspended were, got some toys and didn't get grounded for it and like I'd call that a triple win for me I'd say that's compensation for the bad treatment they gave you <laughs> it might have been uh, it, it was elementary school it might have been deserved like I. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily always well, an angel. The fact that you were mandated to be in the school in the first place, which is a day of jail for kids, yeah. um, for no crime other than just being underage, 
there are lots and lots of crime, you know, truancy and and uh, running away from home and being out after a certain curfew hour uh, um, or, or working, you know, if you had a job um, and or were paid for less than the minimum wage. I mean, all of these are crimes for young people that would get them into trouble, but never for an adult for the same offense. Smoking. Ah, my gosh. That was another weird one. So uh, when I was in high school, there was a dude who turned 18. He was a smoker and he turned 18 prior to graduation. So he was like allowed to have cigarettes. He just wasn't allowed to smoke on campus because he was an adult, according to the state at the time. <laughs> so he like, he had his pack of smokes in his backpack. Like, ah, I'm going to smoke after, after, after school. I'm an adult. I'm allowed to. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. still had to stay through graduation, you know, for whatever reason private school so i guess it was voluntary in some respect mm-hmm. um you summarized this story pretty good so i'll read you the headline and then if you want to comment on it fine uh, aclu aclu 10 year old girl was arrested at school for drawing a picture that upset her parents uh upset a parents the, the parents me, of, of the bully of the, some of the, yeah of the bully. she was being bullied by another student drew, drew some picture that upset the bully's parents um, and then this news article was unable to get a copy of the picture. So who knows what would, you know, it was just upsetting, offensive and upsetting. Um, but I mean, you, you hit, you hit all the high notes about, you know, the, the being interrogated without parents and being held. So did, did you have more? <laughs> jailed. Half yeah. handcuffed and jailed. Yeah. Me out. This 10 years all, old. I would say just a severe child abuse. <laughs> and, and, uh, from the story that I read, um, I mean, she wasn't the lone collaborator in this in this picture, but I mean, all, all of it's politically incorrect uh, type of I don't know, what it, whatever it was she drew. You remember how much the world went to the defense of the guy, the uh, artist in the cartoonist in Denmark, when he drew some cartoon about uh, Muhammad. Yep. Um, and um, I think uh, you know the the Muslim extremist decided to put out a fatwa on him and and call for his death, and everyone came to rally to his defense. He has a right to, to do whatever he wants. And I think most people in this country were in defense of that guy too, but not in the schoolroom. It's because we don't like Muslims, KS. <laughs> that, that, there's, your, there's your problem right there. If the Muslims yeah, are doing so, it, and we're against it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean been, there's been other students who have been suspended or you know detention or whatever for drawing a picture of a gun. Right. We want yeah. to take this back to yeah. the gun thing. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, there was a student who had like a plastic butter knife in his truck. Right. That was suspended because he brought a knife on campus. <laughs> like, dude, it's like, it, it's a plastic butter knife and it's in my truck. Like I, I took my truck out over the weekend. We went on a picnic and the butter knife was there. But nope. Zero tolerance. And so he was suspended, you know, suspended and had to fight that. So there's, there's a lot of dumb shit that goes on in the school system. And a lot of it has to do with the, you know, per, the, the perception of safety and zero tolerance. Um, and it turns into arrests rather than, you know, detention or suspension or less, right. Depending on the severity of whatever you're doing. So for this, for this particular drawing, like what is, is, is any steps necessary or is this completely blown out of blown out of proportion right like should any should any um should anything have been done to this 10 year old right 
parent-teacher conference, perhaps, right? What's going on, perhaps? I'm, I'm looking into this Honowai Elementary School, and it seems to be that I would guess that it's a private school, but it's not a government school. Uh, the picture of it kind of makes sure it look like it. a government school. It's got the government school sign. and. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, in that case, it's all the more egregious. Um, but then you, you get in all of these things, compulsory financing, uh, compulsory attendance. Um, uh, you know, a private school, even I'd say it's questionable because they're taking advantage of students who, even though they've chosen that school and parents who have chosen that school, um, it's proper to allow them to, to choose a school with certain rules and whatever. Um, but I like the idea that it's not compelled by the state that you have to go to a school. But in okay. case, uh, that's still more acceptable than if a government school where there's no choice about attendance or financing. Right. And um, I, that, that adults, I can't believe that adults were actually so stupid as school authorities to, to uh, treat her in this manner and the, the police to treat her in this manner. Um, well, it was a black girl, so it's, it's expected. Yeah, yeah, right. If we didn't and, mention uh, that earlier. Yeah, that's right. That, uh, yeah. Well, so, anyway. so let's let's talk again. Let's just talk about the action itself. She drew a picture, right? That we, we don't know what it's about. Um, potentially offensive, right? In, in some sort of retaliation about another uh, student who was bullying her, right? Like that's mm-hmm. now that act itself drawing that picture outside of the school environment, voluntary, involuntary, you know, compelled to be there or not. Is there, is there anything that needs, needs to be done about this drawing? Right. Like do the parents go like, yeah, you may not like her, but still, you know, you still shouldn't be drawing things like this. Right. (laughs) That's up to her. I mean, that's up to the parent, sure. The but the person I mean, who's who's offended by it, well, that's that's their problem. You know, people all the time say, uh, say and do nasty things. Um, but you know, they also tell the kids, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Do they still say that? I don't know if they still say that. Uh, maybe they don't. They yeah, should. Not. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a recent pop song about the same thing. Um, I don't think they believe it, but yeah, the sticks and stones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was uh, Taylor Swift or another pop star, but it wasn't. It, w- it was within the last ten years. So. Okay. I had a customer um, come into my place today. He's a current customer. He was adding on a unit, so we we were having a discussion. Uh, I forget how the topic got started. I'm like, if I'm remembering correctly, like you know, weren't you the guy? Weren't you the customer that like threatened to sue us? You know because you hit the yellow pole while trying to punch in your code. He's like, Oh no, no, I wasn't trying to sue you. You know? So several, several months ago, maybe even last year, um, you know, I, the, 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 our gate was malfunctioning. And so he pulled up to the gate and there's a delay in when you put the code in and when the gate was opening. And so during that delay, someone exiting the gate pulled forward and the gate popped open for them. Well, now they're both, you know, face to face, hitting like who's going to back up first you know <laughs> when this gate opens up and he decides to back up and this part i learned today is when he backed up away from you know to let the exiting car out mm. he hit the yellow pole and he scraped it and he scraped his vehicle 
Um, I thought he like let the car out and then as he reapproached the keypad to punch his keypad again, unnecessarily scraped it on the, on the, on the, on, you know, pulling back up. Um, but that was not the case. So either way. So as I'm coming down, you know, from making my rounds, going back to the office to help another customer, he's pulling out and he like stops me. Like, you know, I just hit the pole because your guy's gate is broken. Like, what are you guys going to do about this? I went, and at the time I went, nothing dude. Like, you know, you hit the pole. That's sounds like a you problem. You know, <laughs> that's on you. Like there's, I can't, I wasn't driving your car. The, you know where the pole is. Don't hit the pole kind of a thing. Um, so that's, that's some backstory. So I'm talking like today, I'm like, weren't you the guy? He's like, yes. And you know, I, I, you know, now that, now that you mentioned it, he's like, I just want to thank you for the slap in the face. I go, okay, why well, <laughs> slap you in the face? You know, but he was like, it was, it was really like an ego check for me. Right. Oh. Like, you know, he did not expect that response, um, from me or, you know, from, from customer service for that matter. Right. Yeah, customer's always right. Kind of a thing. Um, and he, he said like, you know, he really like reflected upon it afterwards and like changed his behavior. Like, yeah. And he's like, I want to show you the damage. Like, I don't really need to see the damage, man. Like I told you, I don't, you know, you did it. No problem. Like I've done dumb things. I've had yellow paint on my car before, right. From getting too close to the pole. Shit happens. I don't blame anybody for it because it was me driving the car and I should have known the pole was there. Um, but yeah, so he's, it was like, you know, he's like, you know, I was like an inch away from this really being a disaster. I'm like, the, the scrape's not even an inch, you know, it was such a small little nick. Like he barely clipped it. I, I don't even want to worry about it. Just, I don't even, can't even understand why you didn't just buff it out. Um, but it, it was amazing that, you know, he took responsibility for this, right? Mm-hmm. After not wanting to take responsibility for this, mm-hmm. right? One of the Hasks meet, meetings that we went to, I damaged my van while backing up into a spot. Um, and I had a backup camera. But the problem <laughs> was the poles were painted the exact same shade of gray as the building. And so they were basically invisible. <laughs> yeah. So I backed up and thush, I said, like, what the heck? <laughs> so of course you sued the camera manufacturer and the building painter, right? Obviously those people are responsible. That was well, another meme you, for go ahead. Normally you paint the paint the, the poles yellow. Right. So people yeah. can see them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's that's why everyone has that's yellow paint point. on the when you see yellow paint, you know that dude hit a pole. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was upset, but I didn't tell. I didn't complain. I was like, I'll just never come back here because these people are idiots. They painted their their poles camouflage. Okay, <laughs> that's reasonable. I didn't, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I ripped the mirror uh, almost all the way off of my car, like the right side passenger mirror, because I had a wide car at the time, and I was trying to get it into a narrow stall, and it was like right between two pillars. Um, and as I was like guiding the left side in to make sure that I could barely squeeze the left side in fucking crutch the right side. I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. Right. But it was my choice, right? I was backing in. I was monitoring the situation. It's not my fault that, you know, the structural integrity of the building did, dictated that those pillars be right there. Um, so yeah. So what, you know, whose responsibility is it? Just like, you know, there's the, the memes are coming up now for the, uh, back to the Alec Baldwin thing was like, Joe, now we're just sitting and waiting for Alec Baldwin to blame the gun, right? <laughs> In the matter of the school, like who's, who's responsible for the drawing? Who's responsible for the bullying? You know, if, the, if it's going to be mandated that you be there, whose fault is it? Yeah, what, that's what, a good point. What can that, be done, um, what should be done? Does anything need to be done? 
the bullying could certainly have been uh, a part of the investigation and the full full picture if they were looking at what what her, her motive was. Because if you know he's a big burly guy maybe, and and he's pushing people around, and she can't maybe challenge him physically, but she can challenge him with, with her mind. So that's that's what uh, should have been the focus of uh, the the outraged mother. You know, what did my son do to um, or or girl uh, daughter do to to um, motivate this backlash? If anything. Right, people. Some some kids just have an imagination, right? Like if you, yeah. you're a comic book yeah. fan, you just draw comic book stuffs that you've seen, right, and get your own little art style down. And it, you may not, it may not be malicious at all. It might just mm-hmm. be that's what you're drawing because that's what you're that's what the creative outlet uh, takes you to. Mm-hmm. But in this case, yeah, there's there was some bullying involved, and you know, I, again, you know, I'm, I, I keep repeating the same question: What do you do? And the public school system right? Make it all voluntary. Then at least there's some recourse. Someone's responsible, but yeah, 10, 10 years old, you know, no, no history of violence, apparently, uh, no threats being made, just a drawing that upset the bully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, stop bullying people. Then you won't have people drawing crap about you. <laughs> yeah. Here's another quick one. Uh, I, I'm probably the only one during, um, secret Santa, in elementary school, I got like a bonus present. It was a box of rocks because that's how mean I was back then. (laughs) And even at the time, I remember going like, damn, right? Like someone went out of their way to collect the rocks, to box the rocks, and to wrap the rocks, thinking that I would be upset about getting a box of rocks. (laughs) But even then, right, I think it's like seventh or eighth grade, I'm like, I know I'm in their head. Right <laughs> now, now I got you. Did right? you really get a box of rocks? Yeah, someone got upset. What? what I don't know what I did. What all did you do? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I did in elementary school. I did a lot. Um, <laughs> I was, I I was well protected by good grades. Ah. I, if I had bad grades, I would have been expelled a number of times from private school. What school was that? I went to Star of the Sea mm. in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, there were you know there were parent teacher conferences, there were principal visits, there was principal parent conferences throughout my entire elementary school career. Not so much in high school. Kind of straightened it out a little bit when I got there. Uh, were your parents proud of you because you were so um, energetic and bright, or were they um, apologetic and unhappy with you? Uh, it's a good question. I spent most of my like younger years grounded in some form or fashion. <laughs> so I don't know if pride had anything to do with it, but they, they tried to curb a behavior that they were unsuccessful in doing. And I made that case later. I'm like, I'm grounded again. Fine. Right. But you do realize that all the groundings you have done for the years prior to this has not worked. And so you're spinning <laughs> your wheels and you might as well just not ground me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was grounded so much. That at one point in time, like my dad lost track of how long I was grounded for. Because I knew I had like two months left. And I went out, I'm like, I'm just going to try this. I go, so two weeks, right? And he goes, yep, two more weeks. I go, all right, fucking just six weeks off my sentence right there. <laughs> Gee, if it only worked that well I think in the prison system. <laughs> one of the It was like idiocracy, but like prior to the movie. I think one of the better options instead of punishment is probably employment 
you know, makes, you know, turn that energy into uh, a positive uh, outcome instead of, you know, <laughs> forcing them into places they don't want to be, you know? Yeah. Could have been. And so uh, I'll take this back to the conversation I was having with that, that customer who I, you know, intellectually slapped in the face several months ago. Cause you know, he, he was telling, telling me about his job and how basically like at his age, you know, you just don't rock the boat and they kind of just let you exist. Right. Like, you know, you're, you're old, you're working, just don't stir the pot and you get to keep your job. You get to make your money and you just, you go on with life, right? Just skate by. And I told him at the time, like, I'm pretty sure, you know, that if I had had that attitude years ago, I wouldn't be working here because I like my job, but it's not a very well, it's, you know, it's not a high paying job. It's not a high task job. It's kind of like a subsistence existence job. Um, But I go like, I have always been rebellious and I'm pretty sure that that has cost me along the way. And I'm pretty sure that I want to be old and rebellious as well. Right? Like I don't want to lose that spirit um, just to get a better paying job or for, you know, for anything. Right? Like I don't, I really don't want to go out and get a driver's license because I don't need it. Right? It's, it's stupid. It's state mandated. It's a piece of plastic. If you did a certification, I would smoke your certification for the most part because I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good driver, right? Like there's, you know, I've been hit a few times, but I have never hit anybody, right? And so if you want, if you want to, if you want to criticize me for not being nimble enough to get out of the way, fine, we can have that conversation. Um, but I have never been the cause per se of an accident. Came close once, but maneuvered my way out of it because I was, you know, I can do that. Um, but I don't, what I, what I don't want to have to do is like re-enter the system to get some of the niceties of modern life. Right. Does that make sense? Like I'll never get a yes. brand new, I'll never get a brand new car cause I'll never get a loan for a brand new car cause I don't have the driver's license and I won't be able to get the insurance. So I'll drive beaters, right? I'm a private sale beaters. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a service here that helps you register your car in Montana um, because Montana, if the car is like 11 years old or something like that, somewhere between nine and 11, I've heard anywhere from nine to 11 years old, uh, you get lifetime registration in Montana. Hmm. So there's a whole bunch of free state people here, not a whole bunch, but there's a handful of free state people here that drive around with Montana plates. Why? Because you drive the older car, right? With a whole bunch of miles on it. Um, but you pay registration one time in not this state. So you don't give the state of New Hampshire any money. You give it to, you know, the state of Montana once uh, and then you drive it till it dies and you buy another beater and repeat the process. I go, yes. Right. So like that is, that is a way to get around, you know, like needing to re-enter the system to get things done. Right. Mm. Um, there's a good, there's a good chance now that I won't be able to like purchase a house here. Uh, because I'm not, I don't file, I don't file income taxes. I'm not going to get a bank loan. Right. I tried. I'm like, I call Here's the situation. Like I have crypto. Let me use the crypto as collateral and I'm not going to do, I don't have any, like you can, you, I, I can give you, um, W twos. I can give you pay stubs, but I can't give you a tax return. Uh, like, well, cause you don't file cause you haven't filed. I'm like, I'm not going to say that on the record. 
However, by my not answering, I think you have an answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of. So, so that's not going to happen. But I'm, you know, talking to people like, well, here's what we're going to do, right? You, 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 you start an LLC, and then those LLCs buy into a second LLC that then buys the property, and we've all got ownership shares based on how much we put in. I go, and you guys are willing to take crypto? I'm like, yes. I'm like, all right, let's talk about it, right? So there's, there's all these solutions and workarounds um, for me to like stay rebellious and not lose that rebel mentality uh, or that rebellious nature, even though it doesn't necessarily serve me depending on what I'm looking for, right? Like if I wanted all those niceties, yeah, you know, go get the driver's license, re-enter the system, you know, go, go get the good paying job somewhere where they require all that nonsense and fine. Right. But, but then I'm, but then I'm in, right. And then there's no getting out once you're back in. Right. What's, what's that movie quote? I tried to, from the God, I tried to get out and they pulled me right back in. I don't want to get pulled back in because I don't want, I want to be able to get, I, I'm out for the most part. I want to be able to stay out as long as possible, if possible. Right. Like, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and so, you know, talking to the, the guy who's like, has, uh, he works for like a government contractor. It's a pretty big one here. I'm not going to say the name. Uh, he's like, ah, yep, just, they just, I just go to work. I do my thing. Don't rock any boats. Don't get into any discussions. I think it came up because he's like, he mentioned his job to someone in town, like in a different town. And they're like, oh, you're one of those people. You know, like, ah, you work for, you work for that. Like, how, how dare you kind of a thing. You know, it's like, I don't know if you're, you know, you're like, if you know about that thing, but you don't want to mention that down in this city. And I go, well, probably exists more than that. Generally, I would be against what you do as well. However, not the time or place to have that conversation. So whatever. Um, but whatever, if, if he had a rebellious streak when he was younger, right, it is, it's, it's been killed by virtue of his employment and by virtue of his like, uh, desired lifestyle. And I just, I'm fighting that so hard to not let that happen um, where I have to go out and get the driver's license, right? Just, just to purchase a product that should be offered to me anyway, right? Insurance, right? Shouldn't I get, why do I, why do I need to prove that to get the insurance? Just raise my premiums, right? If you're that concerned, charge me more and I'll pay it. And at some point we'll renegotiate when I've proven that, Hey, I don't need this little piece of plastic um, to operate a motor vehicle. It's dumb. Like I said, it's, it's a made-up statistic, but I'm sure it's true. Like 95% of all accidents caused by licensed drivers. What can you do? It doesn't matter. The little piece of plastic doesn't matter. You either can or you can't. And if you can't, right, then you don't or you shouldn't. Um, or you, you face consequences if you do, much like the people that pretend like they can, but obviously can't, right? There's a, there's a whole subreddit on Reddit, um, like idiots in cars. Have you seen this thing? No. Oh, check it out. It's just the worst drivers on the planet, and they get they get the dash cam videos of them, and you see you see how bad licensed drivers actually are, and they're like, well, I'm better than that. I just don't have the piece of plastic, but your piece of plastic is worthless if you all drive like this. Well, um, I think it can be said that on the one hand, you're I mean, it's and I, I agree with you and find that you do uh, say, well, I'm not going to abide by their rule and do what they want to get the license, but then you'd have to say that it still uh, uh, affects your behavior because then a lot of your behavior is then how to conduct your life without 
that uh, license. And so you're, you're still, your life is still shaped by them. Yeah. Ironically, I drive the speed limit more often. Yeah. Yeah. So you're um, just the things that you have to do in a way, shape your, shape your life in order because of the, you don't want to be caught by the penalties that they have for not, not doing the uh, thing that they mandate. So either way, it's going, it's affecting your life. Um, It's just, I like, what you're doing because in a sense it's uh, it shows a, a sense of rebellion which is courageous and bold and sorely lacking in the vast majority of society yeah probably can be said if if a lot more people behaved as you did they they would they might get a lot more frustrated with um all their enforcements so yeah right a lot of uh, a lot of what they do they count on the voluntary compliance yeah but it, but it still has an uh, effect on your life. I have a, a friend in Washington State who, you know, uh, has um, has uh, found ways to avoid taxes, um, but his whole life is then also reshaped by government, uh, not just by, um, by by not complying, but I mean, not complying yeah. has um, has considerably affected his life. It's I consider it a, also a tax, a hidden, invisible tax that's still a tax on the way you behave. Absolutely. So, you know, pick your poison one way or the other. I don't want to yeah. give them the money or the satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yep. Final thoughts? Uh, no. All right. That'll do it well, for us. Oh, mention, yep, final thought. Let me just mention a final thought that just struck me. The fact that they... Um, don't have to ask you, do you want to fight this war or not fight this war? Then they go ahead and conduct all these wars throughout the history of the of the country. A lot of unnecessary useless wars. If they actually had to ask us, um, I think probably none of the wars would have been fought. They would have found ways to avoid them um, yep. or found them unnecessary. So the, what you're doing is actually a, a very good service and if more people did it then um it could have huge impact not just on your life but on diminishing the power of of governments to to conduct all their wars yep um one of uh one of the one of my friends here recently tweeted or posted i don't know how long ago but i just saw it recently he basically said if if what chick-fil-a does with my money means i shouldn't shop at chick-fil-a or i shouldn't eat at chick-fil-a right what does that say about what the federal government does with my money Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. same idea. I'd rather Chick Fil A. Understood, but if it, it, they should be making that same argument against why you should withhold your funds yeah. from the federal government, uh, absolutely. Yeah, why you should be allowed to. I mean, that, absolutely. That, that Even if you're not true. allowed to, you should do it anyway. Keep that shit. It's yours. You earned it. You worked for it, and they do bad stuff with it. Yeah, and they can't catch us all. Three hundred million tax protesters. What are they going to do? Can't do shit. We outnumber them. Okay. All right. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. Uh, again, we do this on Clubhouse at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, or join the club, uh, the anarchist experience. No link there. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha. <laughs>